0: increase in our joy and our blessings in life today on the weekly kingdom outlook let's go Greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you at the Weekly King Outlook. I'm so glad that you've uh, checked in with me today and that you give me this opportunity to speak on uh, certain topics. And I felt like a real strong leading from the Lord just to talk about, um, you know, ever since I've been in the church, I've had a lot of friends and a lot of friends that have walked away from the church or and some of you have walked away from Christ himself. And then I've had others who have just prospered and um, flourished. And so I want to try to maybe help you discover, maybe if you want to get more out of church. And I'm not talking about church programs. I'm talking about church, the community, and why some people don't, and they don't realize why. And so let's dive into that here. Let's go. All right, so the first thing I want you to understand is that Um, if you don't belong to a church and, and you're not a member of a church, I think that's a problem. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why that's a problem. If you're one of those people thinks, Oh, it's just me and Jesus. And, and, um, I don't need to belong to a church. And Jesus himself didn't say this. We have these sayings, like all I need is Jesus. Well, it's actually not scripturally true. Okay, for salvation it is. All I need is Jesus. Faith in Jesus. That's it. Saved. But if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to have a flourishing life, then Jesus has given us many, many things as gifts and promises and blessings to us that if we if we ignore them, He is not going to change the system because we think we have such great faith. He is actually going to sit there and deny us them because we are actually denying his way. So one of the things I see that at times, uh, let let me just give you this quote. Oh, let's do this Uh, before I get going, because I will forget this. uh, Join me on other platforms. You can go to lewisdcn.com. I have a bunch of free stuff on there. Plus, The Gates School of Supernatural uh, Ministries on there are GSS courses. And I have, I think I have uh, seven up there. I'm getting ready to do number eight. Actually, I'll try to finish it up today. And just got one little more section of a manual for Ancient Pathways. And that will go up there. Uh, That'll be number eight and then um, you can join me on Locals. And here is the link for Locals or where you have to go. Just type that in there. Join. You don't have to be a subscriber. You can just go there and join us on other platforms. And then, of course, you can always get me on Subsplash. Now, if you're watching us on Subsplash, you're already there. But maybe you haven't gone and uh, joined the School of Profits or stuff like that I have, but just in the upper your upper left-hand corner looking at the app click on that make sure you've created a profile and in the upper right hand you'll see two chat boxes and you could join groups and when you click on those hit discover and you could see what other groups there are on there so you can get me on subsplash of course i'm on youtube and i'm on facebook but i'm also on rumble okay as lewis T. and ministries so you can find me on rumble as well so i'm on a whole host of platform i'm on truth social uh, that's just me. Um, so you can find me. I'm on Instagram and all those things. So you can find me in all these platforms. Join me in all those, and 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 you'll get a lot of stuff for free. Uh, obviously, on my website, I do have paid product and locals. There is a subscriber side. All right, but you don't have to do that. I give a lot of stuff away for free. All right. So this is a quote from Mother Teresa. I alone cannot change the world but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. You know, sometimes we think that we can change the world ourselves. And, and the truth of the matter is you cannot change the world the, yourself. You just can't do it. And it wasn't intended. Well, Jesus did. Yeah, but Jesus had 12 apostles who also created a bunch of disciples and told them to actually go out there. Listen us this way. He changed those 12 those 12 went out and changed others, and those went out and changed many more, and it would create a snowballing effect, a ripple effect throughout history. Jesus himself did change the course of history, but what if his disciples decided not to do anything? Would anything have been done? Okay, so it, we, we sometimes get this isolation mentality, because really when people want to be isolationalist, I think that the number one reason for that is they've been hurt. And somewhere in their psyche, in their memory, or in their, in their, in their pain, they create a little thing called, I'm never going to get hurt again. And so how did I get hurt? Well, I belonged to a group. I was in a group. I was, I was in a church. And I get this all the time. I was hurt in my church. Okay what's your alternative to not be a part of a church that's not a viable alternative that's a defense mechanism and whenever we whenever from pain we create a scenario then we are almost always going to create a very bad scenario it might not take effect right away that bad scenario but it could have long lasting problems down the road and you really do not want to do that the the other thing i want to say is that um, it is important for us um, uh, to get the most out of church life. We're supposed to be a community, but I'm, a, I'm gonna explain why some people don't actually get everything they could get out of community. and we'll talk about that and I, and I've got to let you know something. I, I've been in the church since 1989. Okay, I got saved, but I'd been going to church for a year and a half up to that point. But when we got saved, and I immediately went to a new believers class, and they could tell I already knew some stuff, but I only knew stuff because I had already read the Bible twice, all the way through, and the Holy Spirit was just highlighting those things, even when I wasn't saved. But because I was reading, I wanted to know who God was. When they asked questions, I knew where it was, and I knew the answer. It was really a God thing, and it's not because I'm that smart, because anyone who knew me growing up would tell you he wasn't that smart. And um, But I think that what happens to a lot of people is they don't commit to church life. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying over Jesus, no, I'm talking about they don't commit to community. And one of the things we have today that's going on that's very uh, very problematic is we don't have community. In community, our community is now our church, which is nothing. Which we need to have that. But when I grew up, I also had community in my neighborhood. I don't have that in my neighborhood today. Okay, I don't have. We're very busy, and um, we don't have that community. Okay, and when they find out I'm a pastor, a lot of times they just walk away from us. So, um, and that's for whatever reason. All right. I want to make a couple points on this. Hebrews 10:25 says this, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, as so much the more as you see the day approaching. It is very important. The reason I think that a lot of people, a lot of people sign up to prayer lists all over the world to get an answer to prayer and to because they don't have community but there's another problem that I see in the church, and that is people who don't commit to a church. They they float. They go from church to church to church, never accomplishing anything that they truly want to accomplish. Like there's stuff that they um, um they don't know how to sit there and um. Enjoy community. And the reason they don't know how to do that is because um, they're afraid of being hurt. Maybe they don't want to be accountable. Maybe they got hidden sin in their life. But I have always enjoyed church. Now, I don't know why. We always build friends and relationships in church since I've been saved. And we've always enjoyed that. That's been one of the wonderful things for me is having this godly community that when there was a crisis, they were there. But also part of the benefit was when they were in crisis, I was there. My question comes to those people who never, ever join a church. um, Why not? Don't tell me you haven't found one. One, there's a couple of reasons I've discovered. They think they're superior to everyone preaching. It's one problem. Um, they think that they don't need it because you know I'm doing okay. But I wonder how many people would actually benefit more. I, I'm just gonna tell you, everybody would. Now I understand. There's not all churches are good. I get that. But I I, I find that those people um, don't want to be accountable for things like giving. So if they float around you know, they don't have to give because you're not a member. But the Bible doesn't sit there and say tithing is only if you're a member of a church. Tithing is for every believer. And I, by the way, I have had people sit there and say to me, I don't belong to a church. I don't have to tithe. I've literally had that. So these are some of the things I've literally had said to me. And um, and that's not biblical because we're not tithing because we belong to a church. We're tithing because we belong to God. And because he is our creator, he is our maker, he's our father, and he requires this from us, okay? And so sometimes there's a temptation to excuse that. Um, uh, We don't want people to know that our family's a mess. And I only found that being a part of a community for me and my kids was exponentially wonderful. Now, I will also tell you that we've had some things happen to us from other church members, And I tell people this all the time. If it didn't happen with them, it's going to happen with other people. I had people at work who were not Christians who literally threatened to beat me up because I was a Christian. So it isn't always the church that is doing the problem. But we we tend to like to think that all Christians, like I do believe, church should be the last place we get wounded in. But when you do life with people, that's the risk we take. And, and that's, that's part of the struggle. I know I wish, I wish Christian, Jesus warned us about offending people on purpose. Like if we're causing offenses, we're causing sin. Okay. That's a really bad thing. So, but I think you need to find a church. And I watch people through the years float around. They only tend once every three weeks, four weeks. And then before you know it, they're gone and they're wondering what happened. They're like, well, no one came after me. Or I've had that say, why didn't anyone call me? Well, we actually left you three messages the first four weeks. You didn't return them. And so because you're a free agent and you could go where you want and you're not required to communicate, which you're not required by law, but you should require by the spirit and relationship. But that's another thing that people greatly avoid doing. And when I left my church, both times, I went and talked to the people at that church. So when I left uh, the Baptist church where I got baptized in and I was leaving, I went to the people who had spent hours. And by the way, I still went back to them and talked to them. Even I would still stop by after during the days and meet with them. For years I did that because they were friends and it wasn't where I was going. There was a new pastor and then we felt it was a good time for us to move because we were going after more of the, the spiritual tongues and all that stuff laying out of hands all that stuff and the Baptist Church didn't believe that um, but let's let's go with another thing. What's a, how do I get another benefit out of the church? take notes during service and then go and listen to that message again and study it. if you uh, if you don't know how to study, That's one thing. But if you're too lazy to study, that's a whole different thing. And by the way, last week I did some tools about how to look up some words. But this is what I did when I got saved. I was reading the Bible. Look, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I mean, I'm just picking up and I'm reading. Okay? But when my pastor preached, I would take down notes. I would buy that $5 cassette. You don't have to do that anymore. It's free. But we would take that $5 cassette. And I'd buy them Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, $15 a week. And I'd take them home. I didn't have the money for this. And I would take them home and I would listen to that in the car. I would take notes on it. When I got home, I would think about what my pastor said. I would read the scriptures, but I'd read 10 before and 10 after because, yes, he just gave me a scripture for time's sake, but he read it in this chapter. And I want to see what that chapter is talking about. And it gave me a place to start learning the Bible. And I think for a lot of Christians, um, for just, yeah, look, make sure you're not being spiritually lazy. Study. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study and be eager and do, do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handing and scalefully teaching the word of truth. And I think that's the Amplified Bible. That's uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. I think that a lot of people, um, they don't know where to start. And that is legit. So I just started where my pastor was at. Okay. I studied that. Now I was studying on my own. I I got books and and I would read stuff. and my pastor mentioned a book, I bought it. I spent my money on that and ate peanut butter sandwiches instead. I can't tell you how many times I just took a, a crappy sandwich to work instead of spending the money there just so I could save a little money because we didn't have a lot of money. And I just had to do whatever I could do. But I was going to feed my soul with the word of God and with prayer. And that was something that was my responsibility. It's not my... It's not your pastor's responsibility to teach you everything, okay? He teaches you. He's got you one, maybe two, maybe three times a week in the old days. Now, most people only go to church once a week, and it's for a 28 to 30-minute message, and that's it. We used to go to church for two hours, even in the Baptist church. I think it was an hour I want to say it was like an hour and a half or an hour and fifteen, I forget, but we went to Sunday school before that. So we got to Sunday school, I think, at like 9.15. And then we we didn't get done. Altar call was right on the money five minutes or twelve every week. And we were done. We didn't get the, you know, we were there every Sunday morning. By the way, we went back on Sunday nights. We we were just we were just hungry. And I think for a lot of Christians, because everything had come on our phone. The phone will give you information, but it will not give you community. You can watch it on Subsplash, you can watch it on YouTube, you can watch, but it's not gonna be community. We like to sit there saying we have an online community. No, you don't. Not as good as you have an in-person community. When it comes down to whether I like to preach online or whether I like to preach in front of people, I will choose in front of people. If it's three people, more than it's 800 online. I I love having the people in front of me so I can lay hands on them, so I can hear in the spirit and minister to them. Yeah, I can do all that stuff online, but you know what I can't do? I can't actually lay hands on. And they can't, you know, oftentimes these are one-sided conversations on Facebook, so they can't speak back. I I... I it's not community. If Look, if you think, if, even if you you got a million people following you, and you think that's community, you have not actually upheld biblical community. Okay? I know that's a tool, and I love the tool, but it's not community. And we're, we in the church should uphold what is biblical community over what the world is doing. Okay. And part of this community in the church is breaking down bad. All right. So get to church, pick a church and join it and be accountable there. So, and, and I'm going to, and here's the other thing that what happens, how many people request prayer for me that I don't even know? I don't even know them. And how many people request prayer for me that I haven't seen in a month or two? Now, I will pray for them. Don't get me wrong. But I always said this to people. I've said this to people for 25 years because this is something the Lord taught me. If you're not willing to do the work of relationship, then how is it you expect the benefits of it? In other words, some of the things that you will want prayer from other church members is actually supposed to be Something that happens when you gather together. If you're not willing to gather together, but you expect everyone to pray for you, then you're actually expecting the benefits of something that you will not sow into. And that's why community is so important. We are all going to, at one time or another, need prayer. We're going to need it. We need community in the church. And it's so broken down. And I watch people. Look, I watch people. I, I I get questions from people. I can't find a good church. But they're on my feet. I tell them, well, move to Jacksonville. And they think about it. They look at me like, move. What do you value more? You know, I, work, I worked 40 minutes away from this house. Okay. That's where I worked. Actually it was 40 miles. It was more like 50 minute drive, 55 minute drive. If I was doing the speed limit, which I, I, I didn't at first, but I said, this is stupid. You know, so I just did the speed limit. Okay. We chose to live here because that's where our church was at. And I chose to drive 55 miles to work. You go, are you kidding me? We had to work five days a week. I know. But it was more important for me to be near my church than it was to be near my employment. Is that crazy? But that's where I was at. And I think because that was my mindset. And, I, and here's why this was my mindset. I longed to flourish in the church. I longed to have relationships. I, I met some. Sherry Shutt is one of our closest friends. I love Sherry Shutt. Some people you know are on here. Met her in church. Okay. Nanny, her mother became the nanny in our house. She lived with us. That all happened out of church. Okay. Margaret Burke, I met because when Sherry moved to Nashville and she was going to church, all that came out of church. They didn't meet him on the street. They met him in church. And I think that we are so messing up community that people are not willing and don't understand how it's actually affecting them because, especially you young kids, let me tell you, especially young kids, you don't know the difference because this is what you've grown up to. And you've grown up into mostly a dysfunctional situation in the church where you know people are online, and some of you young kids, let me tell you something: you don't belong to a church. You don't even listen to a message steadily. You don't even you know, and you don't realize that you're actually being dysfunctional in the church. And you need to be functioning in the church properly. Okay, you need to be in those relationships. Well, they don't have a youth group, then build one. You be the one, build one. If you're the first youth in there, build one. When another kid comes in, you be their friend. And you start building it. Okay, it's got to start somewhere, right? It's got to start somewhere. And and I think that a lot of times people don't understand that. And for that, was that was Kathy and I that we didn't understand it, but we just went like, well, you know, we're building. We went out and built relationships, built friendships. Um, And I, I've been to churches where they didn't want visitors. I actually have been to churches where they didn't want visitors. It was their little 20 people and they didn't want anyone to come in. It was just amazing to me that I saw this. I'm like, why are you here? Well, you know, we just want our little group. Well, that's not the kingdom. So that's wrong too. And I, I've seen some bad churches. Don't get me wrong. So a lot of times we want a bigger group to teach to. That's not it. You want community, build community. And I, I've watched people who, who don't, they don't come. They come once in a while. Well, we'll go here today. We'll go there. Look, I'm telling you, pick a house. For Sunday morning, pick a house. Become part of a community if you want to get the full dynamics that you can out of that community. If you do not do that, then you're not going to have it. And that means coming more than once, more than twice. And if you don't think pastors know who's new and who's coming, we do. Okay? I'm just telling you, these are things that I figured out I I always say, man, I was like a blind squirrel that, man, God would just put nuts in front of me and I'd find them. You know, it's not that I was that smart. I don't think I'm that smart. I'm just telling you what has brought so much prosperity to my life, so much power into my life has been community, and it's a thing a lot of Christians um, are lacking. Now, one way I built community was if I led someone to Christ, they were my responsibility, not my pastor's. So one of the ways that I actually build community for me was I got someone saved. I invited them to church, but they came my responsibility every week to make sure they were coming until they would got in there. We did this. We led 42 families to Christ. I'd go pick up some of those families and bring them to church. You know, I didn't say meet me at church. Hey, I'll come by and pick you up because it's a little awkward going in there first time in a big church. I mean, the first church I belonged to was 5,000 people. That was my first church I belonged to was 5,000 people. You could feel very awkward in a church of 5,000 people. Very awkward. And I was very broken. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, because I flourished, because I began to flourish very quickly, they sought me out. Now, you go, why did they? Because not everyone commits. Not everyone. It's not a cult. It's just I I knew that for some reason I saw the value in church. And and I think that a lot of times we have lost that value for it. Okay. Um, I can just get the message online. That's not the benefits I got. The benefits was not the 10 point message. That was not the benefit. Okay. The benefit was the fellowship, the prayer, the knowing people having a relationship with common mind, you know same-minded uh, uh uh people people that were on the same page or pursuing Jesus. I go to work, I didn't always have that. I had heathens all around me sometimes. They were my mission field. But I I you know even a missionary needs that place of rest so I could come to church on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday and I could rest and I could just hear from the minister and the and, and, and learn and I would Uh, I I would pray and I would take that and study it. And I had all these notes from those early days. Today's Christians aren't taking as many notes. And what do you do after you take your notes? Go home and within 24 hours, I'm just going to tell you, if you want the stick, within 24 hours, you must be back into those notes. Let me tell you how I learned this. I didn't know this growing up. But when I became an air traffic controller, I was going to air traffic control school in the Navy. This is 1983. I am not a good student. Okay. I'm not, I don't have good study habits. I didn't like school. I was bored, but air traffic control, number one, was very intriguing to me. So I know I don't know how to do it. I've never been around it, but they would teach and listen, they would teach in you know, on the dry eraser marker, this is 1983 with dry eraser markers. They would teach in um, red, black, green, and blue. And I took my notes the first night, but the second night I went and got myself, went to the Navy exchange, a Navy commissary, and I got myself pens, red, black, blue, and green. And I brought them and put them on my desk. And when my teacher wrote in green, I wrote in green. When my teacher wrote in black, I wrote it in black. Okay, and this is visual association. So what happened was, as soon as I got home that night, I would go over and I wrote whatever was on the board I wrote. What was ever on the board I wrote. Okay, I mean, literally, every night was every day, in that class, what was ever written on the board, I wrote it down. And then I wrote stuff that they said. And I just started taking notes. I had to learn. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't, I never did this in high school. Just so you know, I sucked. My attention span in high school was so bad that I I couldn't sit there and do it. You know, it was very, very tough for me to do that. All right. So now I'm doing this. Okay. And I'd go home at night and I would flip open that binder and I'd start reading everything that they said. And I'd visualize it. And to my amazement, I remembered about 90% of it. So I'd do it again the next morning or the next, you know, I'd do it a couple of times, go through that notebook that night, go over it. And that's how I began to learn. That's how I began to study. Well, when I got saved now, I was 83. I get saved in 89. Guess what I did? I grabbed the notebook. Let's just take one here. And I took notes. And this is what I do. I take notes. I type up notes. I like writing it more than typing it. But um, I take notes. It's what I do. And I've got things all around here. And look, I, I was just telling them that I listened to Bill Johnson's. This is the first series that I ever heard Bill Johnson preach. This was January 7th through the 9th, 2007. And I was talking to Bill on a Zoom call and I told him about a testimony he was telling us then. And I said, Man, I got this, uh, I got that tape series when that air opened up. And he said, Oh man, I'd love to hear it. So I, I hadn't listened to it ever because at the, at the end of that three day thing, I bought everything on Bill's book table and I had about another. 12 CD packs to go through. And what I did was, uh, I went back, I just listened to it this last week, listened to all six of them. And I took about 28 pages of notes on them. And that was 15 and a half years ago. It, I, it's what I do. Okay. And I could always learn something new. And what I found was, Hey, I learned some boy, I forgot about that point, you know, you know, and, 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 and it has been such a help in my life. To, to, to do this and I suggest that you uh, you do it okay that you learn how to do that. So whether it's my whoever your pastor is, okay, you should at least be listening to that message twice and taking notes. okay why? Why, why do I have to do my pastor? Because if you believe that's where God has you, then you need to know what he knows. And what he's preaching on. I never stuck with only what my pastor was teaching. Okay? I studied every day. I listened to tapes and read books daily. And that was when we had to carry around cassette tapes and cassette players. We didn't have this wonderful device. I didn't get to go. I couldn't go in my break room uh, back then and just turn on a YouTube or... And... and um, so... That's the way it is okay now the other thing um, is to be generous and I think that a lot of people are not generous with their time with their money and if you're if you're not generous then you're not gonna um, um, you're not going to get the benefit of that Okay. And I think that what you need to do, what you need to understand is that it is important for you to be generous. If you are not generous, then you will reap sparingly. And the reason why a lot of people I think can never find, um, um, let me just, um, never can find that, um, that zone. I call it the zone. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I feel part of the family. My question to them is, well, how, how much did you, um, how much have you given in? How much have you sown into the relationship? Um, how much have you sown into, um, um, how much have you sown into the, um, into church? Because I sowed a lot, I reaped a lot and I reaped outside of it, but I reaped a lot inside church. So I wouldn't be here without church. I know that sounds really tough for people to understand, but we went through some tough times, like a miscarriage, uh, like being shot, like, um, you know, losing my parents, losing Kathy's parents, um, has been the church that is, you go, well, wait a minute. Isn't it Jesus? No, Well, Jesus works through his body. Okay. He works through his body and many of these things. And I think that a lot of times people don't get that. So, and that's a shame because we should really be getting, we should, if anyone should get it, we should get it. Okay. That as we sow into the church and I'm not just talking money, but money's a part. I, I've had people who who don't go to church, don't do anything, but they would show up at my church every eight weeks and look for money. Every eight weeks, look for money. Okay. And they always had the same story. I am seriously, the same story, because they forget that they talk to you. Okay. I've had people who, um, there have been people, because they're members of our church that have called up and they were going through a tough month, and I was willing. I and I gave them money, the church lent them or gave them the money, benevolence to help them through the month. But I am more likely to do that for a church member than to do that for someone who never comes by the church. I I have people call me up and they go, um, we'd like to get. Do you marry people? And I go oh yeah I marry people well we'd like to get married I said where do you go to church well we don't go to church I said well go to church she says well we just want someone to marry us I said I, I'm not a mayor I don't do marriage for hire I said some pastors will do that I'm just too busy just to I don't marry people I don't know it's just not my calling I, I, I by the way I say this Sunday, Saturday, I'm doing a wedding, but they're for two spiritual, they're for a spiritual son and daughter that I've known. They go to my church. I'll marry them. I rarely will marry anyone. I don't know. I, I, I just don't do it. And the reason is, is because I like to feel something in it. You know, I like to have some, I, I don't do funerals for people. I don't know. I'm, some pastors do that. Some people have such a pastoral. I don't have that ability to just be on call that way. But I think what's strange to me when I hear that is you want to get married. Why do you want to get married in the church? Well, I grew up a Christian and and I just want to do it right. Okay. So when do you want to get married? I want to get married in six months. Well, then come to church and become members of the church. Be more than happy to marry you then. But if you're looking for the benefit of something, without being a part of something. That's wrong, that's called welfare. So they want the benefit. Sometimes people want the benefit of you to come and do their funeral thinking you could do something for them after death when they didn't know Jesus, want Jesus, but they just think they, they know. They Maybe they feel that that needs to happen. I don't know. Um, I don't do funerals for people I don't know. And you go, why? I'm not trying to be hard. I have enough to do with the people I know to look for other ways of doing stuff. And I think that oftentimes, oftentimes, let me just say this, oftentimes, people are trying to get the benefits of something and it doesn't work. And they think it's because someone's withholding, but they, they, you're not part of the community. It would be like this. How much do you think you're going to get from Jesus? What's the benefit of knowing Jesus if you don't read, pray, belong, serve, do anything with Jesus for 30 years? Let's say you got saved at a thing, but then you don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You don't attend church. You don't do any of these things. How much of that benefit do you think you're going to get from the covenant? You go, well, I'm going to go to heaven. I hope. Because I don't know how real the conversion was. If there was a real conversion, that's between you and Jesus. Okay, you're gonna go to heaven. How much benefit do you think you're gonna get when you get in heaven? Do you think that you are gonna get placed in authority? Do you think you're gonna have rewards? Because he is coming back. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 3. You are going to have rewards according to each one's labor. My question to you: How much reward do you think you get? Do you think you're going to get the same reward as everyone else? Well, you're going to go to heaven. That's that's the salvation reward, which Jesus does pay that out equally, no matter when you get saved. But when it comes to the rewards for the things you do in serving Him, obeying Him, all those things, those are He does not have a uh, one pay for all system. Okay, He's got. According to each man's labor and work will he be rewarded. So how much benefit do you think you're going to get? If you sow sparingly, the Bible says you will reap sparingly. It doesn't say if you reap, if sow sparingly, you're going to reap bountifully. It doesn't say that. Okay. I love what Bill Johnson, man. It is so amazing to hear Bill um, talk. um I texted him. I said, "You know, I just listened to this. Here's that. Here's the message when you said this." And and I said, "Man, I said now I remember why I so enjoyed these six meetings with him." But let's just give me. I'll give you a couple of quotes or a couple of thoughts that he was talking about. And I don't know these are if I wrote these down word for word. Um prayer becomes when, when we're not doing the kingdom, prayer becomes the means by which we put everything on God for nothing getting done. Oh, that's a tough one. In other words, we use prayer as the means of saying, Well, I prayed God didn't do it when he told us to do it. Prophecy was your potential, not a promise that he would do it. Prophecy is your potential, not a promise. Okay. Not a promise, but a potential. All right. Here's one that I think I did right. Those who believe in miracles, but don't see them are the ones that easily hold that God is angry. All right, just, just, I mean, good stuff. I, I mean, I just, I mean, I, I, I sat there um, and listened to these. I, me- I remember sitting there the first time I heard Bill I had taught some of this stuff. I always say, I've taught some of this stuff. I know some of this stuff, but Bill does such a better job in saying it. It drives me nuts. Um, it just really, really drives me nuts. He's, he's amazing. Um, um, you know, so listen to this, this is one of his, if we don't see the greatness of the assignment, we won't have the courage to access the promise. In other words, if you don't think your assignment's great, then why will you go after it? But your assignments are great. And God, I, I, can, I can do that all day. So into it, into community, into your church, get plugged in. If you want to, by the way, not getting plugged in can affect your children can affect your marriage. I'm telling you, it will affect your character. I was, I was reading a, let me see if I can pull it up here, Uh quote here. Listen to this, this is from um, Stendhal, five short novels of Stendhal, but this is what he says, one can acquire everything in solitude except character amazing. That's such a great quote. Um, this is what should young people do with their lives today? This is a great quote. Many things, obviously, but the most daring thing is to create a stable communities in which the terrible disease of loneliness can be cured. Something people are being lonely because they just, they just, they want everyone to come to them. They don't, they don't take the risk. Um, um, community is important and it's really important for you. And if you will learn these things and if you have questions, I want you to do me a favor in the comments, whether on SubSplash or here, would you put in the comments questions and ask them to me. How can how how can what do I do if you have a problem with Hey, I got hurt in the church. What do I do? Um, we'll talk about it. I'll actually try to answer that uh, in the comments. So go ahead and ask the comments on YouTube, Rumble, uh, Facebook, whatever it is, and we'll see if we can answer some of those. But get plugged in to the church. Get plugged in to the church. And in doing so, you will prosper greatly within the community. God bless you, and you have a fantastic day today. Bye-bye.